mentality where we're spilling the tea on the psyche today. Woo! We've got Stephen Butler here and we're going to be talking about synesthesia. I'm really excited about this. He is a really talented filmmaker and choreographer and has a lot of insight that we can learn today. Yeah, I'm excited to be here, guys. Uh, this is great. Yeah, thank you for joining us. My name is Zach. And if I didn't say already, my name is Camera. <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> we not. skipped over that one this <laughs> time. <laughs> we, we're here to talk about Steven. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so today I want to introduce, before we jump in, the tea that we're having today. It is called Chap Hop. This is a new one for us. It is Smoky Lapsang. Uh, and I can't say the other words. <laughs> it's, it's shy, right? It's pretty much, it's a chai, or uh, no, it's a black tea, sorry, black with tea. vanilla bean. Yeah, that, yeah that's all you else, need to know. That's all, nice. If you want to know more, because I can't say the words, uh, you can go to tspectral.com and or enter the offer code mental and you can get 10% off. I actually haven't had this one yet. Did you get a chance to try it I yet? I tried it out. Yeah? Very, I was waiting to cheers you guys. Ah. Oh yeah, let's do that. <laughs> Very tasty. That one's good, although I did just have a mint, I realized that, so uh, mine might be a little biased. (laughs) So yeah, today we're talking about synesthesia, which I'm super excited about, and we can kind of get into why I'm so excited about it soon. Having these two computers right here, being on both sides of me is really weird, because I'm like, that's not my audio. Oh, that's cameras. Yes, it is. (laughs) But yeah, I'm very excited to talk about synesthesia. So yeah, let's just kind of jump right into it. Uh, Give us a little bit about where you come from and, and what you're doing okay so just my whole life story we could be here for a really long time yeah whole life yeah story. exactly whatever whatever life you want to tell us we're so. kind of yeah. really trying to make this podcast last for about 20 years okay let's see i moved here like late 90s to be, become a professional dancer so uh i got on scholarship at this place called the edge performing arts center which is like one of the biggest i guess professional studios in la um, I trained there for a while, and I started going on tour with artists and stuff like that, and then eventually decided I wanted to like write and produce and direct, and then fell into filmmaking, and then went back to school, and then started a whole other career doing music videos and stuff, and after that, got a day job, which is still part of my career as well, doing media and social media and stuff, and then from that job, I got asked to do a TED Talk, which... I ended up doing like my process, talking about my process of choreography, like how I see the world and stuff like that. And through that process uh, and the sort of like understanding, like having to have to finally explain what I do to other people, like the mental process of it is what got me to understand certain aspects of the things that I do are not the way that other people do them, which is where the synesthesia sort of came in. Yeah. So mm. did they, did they learn about the synesthesia and then asked you to do the TED talk or was it something of like the choreography and asked you about it and then it got it, it snowballed into that basically yeah. okay so through the course of the the whole thing was a lot of self-discovery for me because I didn't really know what I was going to talk about to be honest with you so because they asked me to do it based on my resume and then and who I work for and stuff and so through the course of making a few different talks this one sort of just like hit because like everyone was like, whoa, I didn't know that. I didn't know this. I didn't know that. And like, I was like, well, I didn't know it either. And then, you know, and just started to like actually explain my process, you know. And for me, like it's mostly with music and like, I guess dates too, you know, um, but mostly music is how. It, 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 talking about like romantic dates or like <laughs> calendar <laughs> dates or the <laughs> food dates. <laughs> calendar dates. Calendar dates. Yeah. Okay. Yes. <laughs> really sh- I don't even know how that would work. <laughs> that would be a good romantic comedy, though. I mean, uh, camera offered me a. Di- was that a date or a fig? I don't remember at your house. That was the other a. Day. That was a fig. Oh, yeah. never mind. No, They're the I same didn't. thing, right? <laughs> Figs are much better, in okay. my opinion. I don't think I've ever had either of them. Anyway, <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. So calendar dates. First of all, it sounds like you've done a lot of different stuff. Yeah. Social media, filmmaking, choreography, dancing. What kind of dancing did you like? Did you have a preference in what kind of dancing you did? Any style or just kind of? Um, I do pretty much everything. I'm a cl- classically trained dancer, so that means ballet, tap, jazz, hip hop, modern, like, and everything in between. But I specialize, I guess, in co- what's called commercial dance, which would be what you see on TV. You know, anything like from commercials, TV shows, music, music videos, and that encompasses a lot of different styles. So whatever is sort of flashy and cool. So yeah, very cool. That's awesome. Uh, how long have you been dancing? Ooh, uh, over twenty years. 
Wow. Yeah, over 20 years. Um, I've done a lot of swing dancing, a lot of tap dancing. Love swing dancing. Swing dancing is really fun. uh, When I was in college at UC Santa Barbara, I was uh, an instructor for swing and ballroom. And so I I love swing dancing. That's the one that I kind of stuck with. East Coast swing is is my personal favorite. I learned like a lot of Lindy, but then I also learned like really just cheesy commercial, like, you know, very like basic stuff, you know, a lot of lifts, which I don't like to do. (laughs) (laughs) Don't like picking people up? Not really. Yeah. And then I'm guessing from that is where you went into choreography. Yes. Yes. Somewhere in between, actually. I started choreographing sort of the same time I started dancing, the way sort of I went. I was working at this dance studio where I basically got asked to teach there when I started going there because I was the only boy at the studio. And because I was like, doing street dance and stuff they were like well can you teach some hip-hop classes and stuff and that's so that I had to start choreographing and, and learn how to like count music and stuff like that so kind of transitioning into the synesthesia was mm-hmm. that something that I guess first we should probably describe what synesthesia yeah, is if you want to if you want to take I mean the I guess the most simple definition would be it's a blending of the senses you know for me like that's basically with music I like see music in colors and shapes and forms like not normal shapes but just weird stuff you know yeah and and it can come in like any different different things you can uh i was about to say see colors which every, everyone could do you know you can like smell colors you can uh you know see sounds uh, which is similar yes. to what it sounds like what you yeah. have you know you can taste smells things like that you know it's it's the blending of the senses and so that must be awesome for choreography that sounds like it would be a very interesting kind of mix for yeah. For yeah. choreography. It, it really is. When did really you is. first find out that that kind of was something that you had? I mean, I guess when I was little, there were certain, like, songs that, like, would really affect me in different ways. And I just thought that it was, like, pretty normal. And, like, I've kind of always had this thing where uh, visuals visuals would overtake me in a way, particularly with music, but sometimes just with, like, things around me. And because of that, I sort of like not I didn't step away from it because I, I come from a really sort of strict family. My parents were both military. Mm-hmm. So that's not something that like, you know, was necessarily accepted or even talked about in, in any way. But I guess the first instance I remember it was listening to music with my mom in the car and then associating like um, it was raining. And then the way that the raindrops were falling on the window was like somehow mixing with the things that I was seeing in my head. And I just thought it was like, the coolest thing in the whole world. That is really cool. <laughs> that's that's awesome. Yeah. How has that informed your your choreography? So that process is what I talk about in my in my TED talk. But basically, I had to think about it. What because I it's a lot of musicality stuff that I do, and and so when you hear a piece of music and it sounds a specific way, I'm trying to make the audience see what I see in my head through the movement, and that's what I basically talk about. So it's as if I paint a picture. For them with the with the dance moves and that's basically like me translating what i see in my head to the movement but i never thought about it before until this really cool though, yeah that. yeah it's it's really be, gonna be cool to talk about it because i've been trying, trying to unpack it basically since the talk it's a good memory no from you, you knew that since you were a child wow yeah just knowing like i mean i just thought it was weird you know like that's this wasn't anything but yeah that's really <laughs> cool that ever since you were a child and kind of sensing that Mm -hmm. how old do you think you were when that was something that you noticed five or six i think wow so very early yeah as i've started to think about these things like based on my my childhood and stuff i started to see like just a certain ways that i see things like even numbers you know i see them in space and not necessarily like i i can't add in my head because i can't keep the numbers in line to add them together things like that you know you see instead like what 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 do you see when you try like, I try to put them in place and keep them there, but then they just keep flying away. I can't really, like, explain it more, yeah. than, more than that. With the calendar dates, it's more, it's easier to explain. Like, for instance, December is, like, way over here, like, that way. And then June is this way, but closer to me in a way. And so it's almost a clock in that, in that sense where a three-dimensional clock. Interesting. Wow. So um, is it associated with feelings or anything like is june closer to you it's my birthday okay Ah, yeah okay so (laughs) wow i felt like a fortune teller for a second (laughs) do you think it's associated with that of how close you feel related to that calendar to that month yeah maybe i don't know it's it's hard to say do you hate christmas I don't. I don't actually. I'm kidding. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Is it the same with the numbers on the dates as well, or is it mostly the months 
that's the the two things music and and, and the calendar is the two things that I, like i can specific i know that i can talk about with numbers it's me trying to explain it just sounds i just sound crazy <laughs> you know what i mean no, like, no, you don't, you don't no, sound no, crazy it's, it sounds i mean really it, it, it's probably nothing alike but for me i do struggle uh not just with numbers but with everything when i'm like super caffeinated up and it's just kind of thoughts go into your head and then they just don't stick i feel like that's probably the closest i can relate to to that of just mm -hmm. wanting to think about something wanting to concentrate on something and it's just not there it's like oh five plus wait what was the other word, uh, number that i was thinking of for me uh one reason that i was really excited to talk about synesthesia was my freshman year of college you know it was freshman year everyone's having fun and i was trying pot for the first time and I had, you know, it was my first time. I was somewhat peer pressured into it and I took it. And then I didn't know that it was laced with anything, but it was. Oh, I don't no. know what it was laced <laughs> oh, with. No. But for about the next month, I felt like I had synesthesia. And it's very similar to kind of the thing that you're describing. That's why I asked if you had feelings to those things, because it wasn't months or anything like that to me. Like numbers are still kind of a thing. Like I feel much closer to the number five. I don't like the number three. For well, some reason, that kind number. of, I know, right? <laughs> so I definitely understand that a little bit, it, but it, it wore away. You know, it only lasted for about a month where my brain was kind of like, what is going on here? And the, when you just said, when you said earlier, like there's shapes that I can't really describe, they're just shapes, you know, the closest thing that I could liken those shapes to are like, if you close your eyes really, really hard, and I don't know if anybody else sees these, but if you close your eyes and you see like colors and yeah. shapes and stuff on your eyelids, those are the kind of shapes that I see just like in my brain, as opposed to when I close my eyes. I don't, it doesn't happen anymore, but I thought that was... I was always so fascinated by it, you know. I, I I googled it and I was like, "Whoa, this is a thing!" It is, you know, it is a thing. It sounds it's, it doesn't sound like it's a thing, but it really is a thing. You yeah. Know? And with my talk, I what I did was I made a piece of music and then choreographed that piece of music. But before I did that, I made a a piece of art to try to show the audience what I see in my head because it's the only way I could think about doing it. You know. Well, I did two pieces. I did like a motion piece and then I did this other piece. But the motion piece is more so what you're talking about. It's not, it looks exactly like what you're talking about, which is like sort of like orbs of light moving in all different directions and stuff. But for me, like it just depends on the song and the what I'm feel what I'm feeling that particular day. It changes sometimes, like what I what what's how it affects me and, wh and what I see in, in certain in certain respects, I guess. Okay, yeah. so it's it's not always like static of exactly what you like this see. I see this exactly, exactly. this way. It's kind of affected by mm -hmm. your mood and and the day and yeah. things like that. Yeah, which is really interesting. Like if a song affects me in a specific way, like that'll stick with me for a very really long time because it's not just the song. It's the it's everything. It's almost like that song's aura or something in a way. So it affects you more than just the sounds and yes. the pleasure of hearing the sounds. Yeah. It it affects your whole body. It sounds like yeah. If I if they if the wrong song is playing at the the wrong time, will completely just throw me off from like everything. Because you mentioned in your choreography, that's that's something that you that you've you've added to your choreography. Does it matter if it's instrumental or if it's lyrical, or is it mostly just the kind of the the beat and the melody and all of that it's stuff together. all of it so usually it's like on the, the emotional qualities are what the colors are in a way and then it's the it's the the beat or the or the the the, the rhythm or the instrumentation that that creates like the shapes and then i try to like make those shapes into choreography basically it's fascinating wow. yeah that's very cool is yeah. there like a specific song that comes to mind that is like one that you is you can kind of explain how your synesthesia affects it or or how it, it makes you feel if it's one of the good songs um well my like my favorite song is purple rain and yeah. that song is that's like, a good song yeah, it's, like, it's, very, <laughs> it's very yellow to me and not it's not it's not purple at all or blue or like and that doesn't mean that yellow is like a sad color or, or a happy color just that's just the way i see it in a way how it you see me. it yeah like yellow um, and, and green basically those two colors is a, what about a bad song is there a song that you just can't stand? And what uh, like, colors you can see? Yeah, and then, oh, man, that's a tough one. Related to synesthesia. <laughs>
I don't know. I don't like a lot of Jason Derulo songs. <laughs> Jason <but>. Derulo. <laughs> I'm just joking. Is that, is, is that part specifically? Yeah. yeah, I can't. That's what I have to think about that one. Like, what's a song that really affects me negatively? Like, I have to think about it. When you're dancing, do you see it? Does it, does it affect you when you're, if it's, maybe there's no music playing or if it's just music playing, do you see it as you dance as well? Or Yes and no. I have to block it out, but it's, it's there still. You know what I mean? But it's not like, it's not hindered by it in any way but it's it's weird because say i'm performing on a live show like with an audience and the, when it's a when there's a live band behind me that's when it's the the craziest but i have to like sort of suppress it in a way how do you suppress it i don't know it's hard to explain because i guess i have to like like whatever what's the side of the brain that's the the more logical side thinking bo burnham here i am the left, left brain. brain i think it's the left brain yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's left, left yeah. brain so that i think that just has to take over in some way you know i think that's what it is i was thinking about that but the best when dance feels the best is when you don't have to suppress it it's like when you yeah. can completely let go it's harder for me to do that because i don't know where i'm gonna go or if it's gonna you know have you ever tried Oh, yeah, for sure. Like if I freestyle or like dance by myself or go to a club and just like, you know, let loose or oh, I'm sure been... clubs must be interesting, actually, <laughs> yeah. since they're changing a song every 30 minutes. Yeah. Quicker yeah. than that. Yeah. And, it, and when I'm well, usually at a club, you're a little inebriated. So yeah. like that changes things, too. A little does bit. it actually how, how does, does that, that help? Yeah. How, mm, yes. It doesn't really. I think it actually hinders it in a way like oh, alcohol. Interesting. But I would say like another substance like pot, as you said, would probably enhance it more. You know? Okay. Yeah. Okay, so by hinder it, you mean like it it dulls it yeah. and and you don't see it as much. Mm-hmm. And that's very interesting. Yeah, because you're you know I can tune out things a lot when you're you know, inebriated in a way like or you'll focus on something specific and not necessarily like that's why you can let go of your problems more and stuff like that. You know, I mean like the only color a lot of people see is black from blacking out. But <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> that's um, funny. These are these are great questions because I'm like actually learning about myself as we. No, that, that's great. That's kind of what it. we want to yeah. be able to yeah. just kind of unpack yeah. this and explain it, mm. how it affects you so yeah. that other people can learn more about it and people who might not know they have it mm. learn yeah. about yeah. it as well. Because I know that some people, it affects them in crazier ways, you know, where it's every time they see a number that's a texture or they smell something, that would be really, I don't, that's, that, that's, <laughs> that I don't know if I That sounds like a whole other that. thing. I, I yeah. know when I had it, because for the first couple of days, it was intense. Like with numbers were the biggest thing for me. I don't know why, but it, it attached to numbers and uh, numbers, each number was a different color. I don't remember what they are now, but each number was like a different color and a different texture and a different shape and a different smell and then also just a really different feeling like five made me really comfortable five was somebody like a number that i felt like i could hug three was like one that i wanted to like suplex you know (laughs) (laughs) that's funny Uh, yeah as as i mentioned that went away but i always i thought that was fascinating and then you have artists like i think they think van gogh had it you know and that's why his paintings were so vibrant and he had so many colors in his paintings it's uh, it's very interesting that you you do get a lot of artists who has who have this because you see the world in such a different way than through the the senses that we all and also we all like to think that we have five senses but yeah. we have a lot more than right. that you have the sense of balance you and so it's you know you have all of these different senses that can play into that as well have you felt like the the synesthesia that you have is more of kind of a strength for you because that for me it, it sounds so cool to have that but I mean, it's like I, a superpower. It's like a yeah, it's like a superpower. It's like an <laughs> yeah. extra sense. Do you can you explain kind of the benefits to having it maybe versus what kind of how it could hinder you? Well, I guess I'm just lucky that I I decided to become a dancer and not like an accountant or something. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean, I, so I think I think it's just the the nature of the work the work that I do that anything from setting up a shot or like editing like I, if I edit the music it just it sort of informs it. But like a hindrance or like a, so a bad part about it is. Like I said, it's distracting in a, in a way, like with music. Say you're trying to have a conversation with someone at a dinner party, something like this, and then like a song comes on, like I literally can't not be affected by it. I'll have to either dance to it or just oh, something will happen to my head. I just, I, I have to like listen or I literally have to like try my hardest to tune it out, so. Do you think that that, were you a dancer before you knew about synesthesia or do you think you were yeah because yeah. i was going to ask if you think that that tied into your love of dance or tied into your love of working with music in general oh, definitely because i think music was my first love and, and and dance just sort of as a, a 
it's an extension of that, which I talk about in my, my talk as well. So yeah, definitely, like music is the thing that I am attracted to the most. And because I'm able to move to it, it's the way I, I can express. Maybe if I had picked up a paintbrush first, maybe I would have tried to like express it through paint, but it just happened that I did dance. Have you tried that? Have yeah, you tried like a little bit, you know. I mean, I went to art school, so but yeah. it's not my my favorite. I would rather just make something abstract, you know, or do you know a photography and then like mess with it in Photoshop or something. Yeah, because I it would I feel like it would be fascinating to to see where that where that would take you as far as painting, you know, those those things as well. Do you find yourself? We talked about choreography, but does that affect the lighting design at all too? Uh, do you do you do any input into that as well? And if so, do you is that something that you want to see on in the in the dance? Oh, you mean as far as like a stage performance or yeah. something? Yeah, I don't think I've maybe I've done it indirectly. I didn't know. Um, when I set pieces, like usually, you know, you'll do like a special or something. And I'm like, I want it to be this color. Maybe it's, maybe that's why. Yeah, maybe that. Maybe it's 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 based on that. I don't, but I don't think I've ever said what I, I want to see the lights that I see in my head. It's just more so that I'm making a choice based on the emotions mm-hmm. and what I think will will read to the audience the best. So your emotions kind of breathe color in a way. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, a lot of times with work, you're still working for a client. Can't just start going artsy on everybody <laughs> yeah. like, i mean i i think that's fine yeah you can go artsy as much as you want yeah, yeah. yeah. but in personal work for sure you know i try yeah. as much as i can to to express what i see in my head but it's not all it's it's i don't think that i was purposefully doing it back then how is the choreography process when you're speaking to the dancers do you feel like because you know I'm, I'm sure you've been choreographed as well is your approach different when you choreograph versus like a, just a different choreography uh based off of your own way of doing it do you think synesthesia ties into how you choreograph it tell your dancers how to do it oh yeah i think I was talking about this actually last night. I speak in a lot of analogies and I try to like say something that gets them to see what I see, but without saying specifically yeah. because it just sounds strange. But yeah, like I'll, I'll, I'll try to get dancers to do a, a move a specific way by like saying it's, it's the crispy or it's, it's like how you don't put down a glass. You don't ever put down a glass this to show you like kind of just set it down like perfectly. It's just like certain like things. Like we're like, doing now so that yeah. you can't hear it on the mic. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'll make specific pictures to sort of try to give them the sense of how I want the moves to be danced. And, and the emotion that comes through them, I guess. And then with other choreographers, sometimes they're very specific with counts or, or rhythm. One thing I'll, I'll say this, if I can't hear what, they're, what, what another choreographer is, is trying to get across with their movement, then it'll be really hard for me to learn it. I have to like put it inside my own head first and then learn it, if that makes any Got sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it has to do with the way that I, I hear and see the music more so than the fact that they're a bad teacher or anything like that. Just no. like, I'm the one that's different in you a way. Just, you have to process it differently. Yeah, exactly. But uh, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four is not the not no. the way you do no. it. No, yeah. not necessarily. No, no. That yeah. might like mess with, since you said like numbers kind of don't really stay in order, I would feel like eight counts would be kind of confusing yeah. a little bit. Yeah, I, I try not to use counting when I dance, when I choreograph. It's more, more rhythm. But if you teach more beginner dancers or people that really need that structure, then you kind of have to do it. You know, it's just part of the they job. They have to know the one, two, three, fours. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they have to know, you know, yeah. one. It's just a, it's just a rhythm. I mean, it, you're just putting a number to a sound, you know, that's it. Yeah, absolutely. As a director, how do you think it kind of plays into maybe your filmmaking and such? I mean, because dance and filmmaking, they can coincide, but they're still two different worlds. So I'm curious, especially as a fellow director, how, how that plays in for you? I mean, mostly it's with editing, editing you know, because mm-hmm. I, I, I started out editing everything to music, even if it wasn't to music. I would just use it as a tool, yeah. you know? As far as, like, setting up shots and stuff, I don't know if it affects it as much. But I do, I will direct and have certain songs playing, especially with a commercial or something like that. So you always have music on set? Uh, I try to. Have, I've had, like, a live DJ play before, too. It's pretty cool. Oh, yeah, I want to be on your set. Yeah. What is this? I, you need someone on your set. <laughs> I want to be on what your set. What am I doing? I'm excited yeah. when we get goldfish. That's <laughs> oh, the, best, the best crafty snack ever. But no, really, I, though. Yeah. The best directors have the best environments on set and set the best mood. So it seems like you are probably a fantastic yeah. director in that aspect. Yes, <laughs> I try. But, yeah, I, I want to explore this more so. But when I'm on set, usually I'm pretty stressed out. So it's yeah. like... 
it's the last thing that I'm thinking about in mm-hmm. a way, you know, I'm more trying to make sure we get all the shots and that people aren't mad at me. So <laughs> that is interesting that you mentioned editing because I, I very much feel like editing is, is also a rhythm and a timing. Yeah. I mean, it is, it's a rhythm and a timing thing as well. So that would totally tie into the dance and the choreography mm-hmm. and by, you know, and by extension, the synesthesia as well of just what's the, when do I feel this cut should be, you know, or this pan or anything like that. Yeah. Do you do a lot of video editing as well? Oh, yeah, a ton of it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't really want to anymore, but it just sort of keeps happening. Yeah. You know. I know the feeling. Yeah. <laughs> Keep wow. saying. See, and then meanwhile, I'm sitting here like, I could I could see a career in editing. I like it. I, uh, I remember the other day I went to like a networking event and they're like, oh, you're a film editor. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> look, everyone. Look, we found an editor <laughs> like, that we well, can underpay. <laughs> I'm like, Yes, I'm an editor, but I don't think I, I like having the label of an editor because I think editing is such a respectable thing and I'm able to do it, but I, I like to be on set and production, I think, a little bit more than post. I, I think I, I thrive off of the energy of others than the energy of myself in a computer. <laughs> I feel like it's a mood thing for me. I don't know. Yeah. Some days I feel like I'm pretty down to just sit and Oh, yeah, there definitely are some, some days when it's like, oh, you know what? Editing. Alone, peaceful in the zone just put on my headphones and that's it and then other days i'm like yeah let's go let's go make something let's go (laughs) film yeah it feels better i mean like i like it because it's it's similar to writing where you just kind of like go inside your head and like make these things happen but then you wake up or you wake up you 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 stand up and spend eight hours and you haven't talked to anyone all day you know and then you can you know it's like it's (laughs) just just you and the footage yeah Yeah, that was actually going to be my next question is, you know, we've talked about painting and dancing and filmmaking and editing. If you've done writing as well, and if you think that it's um, tied into writing at all, or if it's if it doesn't affect because I mean, for me, it's, you know, writing so much just literally black and white, you know, on a paper on a page, if you think synesthesia has anything to if that changes anything. I don't know. I mean, let me think about that. With writing, it's it's always about the story and the characters. Well, actually, like, start with plot for me. And then, like, I had a really good screenwriting teacher that told me to stop being so into plot and, like, think about the characters, you know, more. Hey, that's plot just, driven can be cool, too. Yeah, you know, that's one of my favorite movies. <laughs> but, you know, he, didn't, he wasn't hearing that. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't, I don't think so. I mean, maybe indirectly in some way. I mean, I do write to music as well sometimes, if I can, if it's not too distracting. It's just set a tone and stuff. But... Other than that, not not really. You I have know. a really hard time because I, I write a lot and I have a really hard time writing actually to music. And I know some people are the complete opposite. I can't write without like, music. You can't write without music? I, it's very oh. tough. Oh, yeah, okay. I, I like, well, I mean, I can if I have like the bursting idea. I'm like, I have to write this down. And it's like, what well, the now is now. Mm-hmm. Must write. But I think it putting myself in a zone of here is writing music here is what you need to to be feeling like you said like the mood and setting the tone and and feeling invigorated to keep going like the the rhythm of music and Mm. kind of playing into the story helps in my mind for me it's well at first i thought it was just pure silence that i needed you know just put in my headphones and stuff but i actually found i think coffee shops that weird ambiance yeah. like that walla weird walla. kind of like yeah um of noise it yeah. it makes me feel like i kind of have headphones on like it's, it's kind of white noise but then every once in a while it's kind of almost uh, i liken it almost to doodling you know every once in a while i'll just look up from my computer and see people talking or you know walking by and you know ordering food yelling at the waiter whatever they're doing it distracts me for a moment and then i'm like okay and then i can go back to writing you know it kind of feels like doodling a little bit yeah. but yeah i mean for me that's the best kind of thing for me but i cannot do it to music yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's, Everyone's it's just weird i mean it's not even like music you know my favorite song it could be like the radio or yeah. just something normal or the the way that the characters are feeling at that moment but i haven't written in a while actually i mean i haven't written a script in probably four or five years i think it so, takes yeah. it takes a lot to sit down and write a script yeah and yeah. because of that and it's like i'm not really a nice person when i'm writing i'm very into my own self and my characters and i don't want to like i don't want to get out of my head at all so it's not really good for relationships i would say that oh. yeah i've had a hard time actually <laughs> i i would completely agree with that i i don't think i'm a great person when i'm writing either i well i mean <laughs> i guess it's a little much but i do find that i agree i don't like to be distracted when i'm writing 
And so a lot of the time it's kind of like, all right, I'm going to like go to a coffee shop or I, you know, I want silence, which Mm -hmm. just in itself is not great for friendships or relationships or whatever. Uh, But then on top of that, it's, I like to think about them a lot when I'm writing. And so it's always like a passenger there, no matter what I'm doing, it's always right there with me and I'm thinking about it. And so sometimes I'm very distracted, you know? Yeah, sounds like Dexter. (laughs) Yeah, right when I said, right when I said passenger, I was like, someone's gonna think Dexter and I'm glad it was you. (laughs) Picked it up well. I have a really good, I feel like I've got a question from what you said, kind of how like synesthesia plays into kind of how your emotions go and how, um, like when you say writing is bad for relationships because you get too into your head. How do, do you see emotions as color? Like say if you're happy, in love or, or different, like just, or, or angry, like is there, or different people's emotions, do you kind of see them a little bit in within synesthesia? Not necessarily, no. I mean, uh-huh. not, not in that way. Okay. Um, it's mostly with music, but it can be with the way that someone's, the way that their their voice sounds okay. in a way, I have to really like the timbre of their music, yeah. of their voice. Yeah. yeah, but I'm an empath, so I can usually pick up on people's energy and stuff pretty well. So I mean, it could be just something that's related, but I don't know how it's related. You know, it's probably more of the more of an empath thing. Yeah. yeah. I, well, yeah, empathy is just like mm, a, I mean, that's, that's, that's a sense. whole nother topic. <laughs> and empathy hurts sometimes. <laughs> yeah, it, it really does. Especially if you're an empath from if, whether you kind of believe that or not, I mean, having that kind of strong sense to feeling others' emotions very strongly, I, I, I am as well. So, yeah. you know. Yeah, I can't watch certain movies or just, or just certain things. I mean, this, this stupidest stuff you know those those ben stiller movies when he gets is it ben stiller where he's always getting embarrassed yeah i mean yeah. That that's about, like his character yeah like i can't watch those movies sometimes yeah. like yeah. they're really like and is, it's, it's is supposed to be stupid I but so mad when characters make stupid decisions i'm like i can't watch can them. you like not watch friends uh no i can there, there's like, i was recently like watching show. like crazy ex-girlfriend and there was there was something where she was making a decision where i know most people are like oh yeah that's what she's gonna do I'm like no you, you can't, i can't i can't watch her do that i can't i i, I physically emotionally cannot continue this series right now i am not in a place where i can watch her do this and i'm like wait why am i so affected by that uh, fun fact, they filmed Crazy Ex-Girlfriend at both of my last apartment buildings. They like filming in North Hollywood. Oh, my my, my friend Christian's going to be so jealous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there would be times where they're like, by the way, you can't use these elevators because we're filming Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. You have to use the, the back entrance. Yeah, I, <laughs> I feel like we kind of went on a tangent about uh, empaths. But, that was um, a good place to go to. <laughs> well... With with synesthesia, when when you were when you were little, did, how did you did you ever talk to your parents about it, or kind of what what you thought was going on, or was it because of the military family you didn't, or I'm just kidding? <laughs> just laughing. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. My my mom was a great. She was a great mom, great everything. But you know, me trying to explain to her certain things, like especially anything that's artsy or weird, she just thinks that I'm being silly. But I don't. I mean. Cause like I've never got diagnosed. I don't even know if you can get diagnosed or anything like with it. But I don't know. Hmm, that's yeah. a good, good thing question. to find yeah. out. Because <laughs> I I never had to the Google. Yeah, just, you know, my my brother was dyslexic and stuff, but I never had any issues with school or learning or I mean I I school was really easy for me and oh. stuff. So do you think that played into it or probably? I just had a really good memory and stuff, so like I could mem- I could remember get read things and then remember them and then I wouldn't have to worry about it anymore. Oh, that's really nice. For the most part. How was math? <laughs> math was probably my worst subject, but not because I couldn't do it, just because I didn't have the patience to do it, and then because of the, the numbers thing, probably. But you have those certain teachers that teach you different ways, and it's it, those teachers are the ones that like understand that people learn different. Did any of your teachers ever pick up that you had it, or did you tell any of them? I'm trying to think, because I, I, I played the trumpet. I started trumpet when I was like in sixth, sixth grade or fifth grade. And I'm trying to think if I ever had, no, I don't think so. That would have been the only class I think that would have been, a, that would have affected, that I would have even talked about anything like that. Did you ever pursue or do any acting? Yeah. I mean, I have my SAG card, so I guess so. Oh, wow. That's, that's, <laughs> so that's a pretty maybe occasionally. acting commitment, <laughs> yeah, I would say. Yeah. Most of it was through dancing, but I, I did, I mean, I had an agent for a while. Like, I had a commercial agent and a theatrical agent and stuff for a while, but I didn't necessarily 
Now I think I'd be fine at it, but I didn't like being emotionally available, and that's what actors have to be, you know? Yep. Yeah, that's terrifying. Yeah, I remember those days. I thought, because uh, I thought maybe synesthesia might kind of butt heads almost with the fact that you don't have all of the freedom as you do as a dan- as a dancer. You know, you're kind of at the, the whim of the director mm-hmm. and the writer and all of that stuff. But... Uh, I did some research on synesthesia as far as like the diagnosis of it. And it sounds to me, they said the vast majority of people are self-diagnosed. Uh, you can go to a neurologist and they can oh. basically diagnose you with it. But Ooh. I think that involves, you know, getting like brain scans and all yeah. of that good probably stuff. Probably pretty yeah. expensive. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably pretty expensive. So I highly doubt that there's too many people out there that have like an actual like stamp like, yep, that's the thing. Yeah. <laughs> there's no I mean, reason unless it's affecting you in, in a weird way or you need help with li- living your daily life. Yeah, I'm sure that there's probably, I mean, there is from very mild to... You know, I'm sure there are people who are can't really even function. You mentioned that music and stuff has a potential to distract you. Do you ever find yourself, do you have to take deep breaths or anything like that to really concentrate if you're like having a conversation? You mentioned the the club scene or like a restaurant and, a mu- and music is playing. Have you found any like coping mechanisms on how to not make it distract you or is it kind of overwhelming? Or... No, I think it's probably really rude. Literally, I was just, I can't not dance or something so sometimes, you know what I mean? But usually it's contagious. So if I like put out the music, then everyone else is listening to it too. So then I guess that's sort of that's like a good coping mechanism. Yeah. Everyone else dance yeah. too. <laughs> sort of deflecting in a way. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. So it doesn't sound to me like there's any real getting out of it. If it's there, it's just kind of like all right, just gonna roll with it kind of thing. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. I mean, it's not like every. There's times where I'm I'm somewhere and I can tune out music, but for the most part, if it's if it's in my ear then it's there, you know, and it sort of has to just be part of, say I'm trying to have a really intimate conversation with someone and then like, can't touch this or something comes, or just something that's just ridiculous, you know, I mean, just anything that's like, you know, yeah, it's not going to work. I mean, who can get that song out of their head though now, right? That wasn't a good example. example. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But but even serious moments, like you're having like a heart to heart with someone, you know, and the wrong music's playing, it'll really just... I won't even, you had to turn that off or something. It's, yeah, it's just a distraction in a way, you know, I guess. Actually, I mean, with career stuff, like if I, if someone hears music's way, way different than me, then I have to like really concentrate. If you're hearing these other sounds or like you're doing counter rhythms and I don't, I don't see how it goes with the music because I can't, I can't see it, you know, then it's going to be a lot harder for me to, to pick up the choreo. But that, I don't have that problem anymore because I don't really dance professionally that like that anymore. So. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, going to an audition and being like a, a choreographer that maybe just a little bit weird or like or really basic or whatever it is, you know. Do they drink uh, pumpkin spice lattes? Probably. Yeah. Okay. LaCroix. LaCroix. Yeah. <laughs> Things that I also <laughs> drink. Yeah. Who doesn't? Yeah. So I guess I'm just basic. Yeah. When was like the first time you told someone or talked to someone about synesthesia as synesthesia? I don't think I knew what it was. But I saw a documentary like a long time ago, and then there was this album that came out by, I think it was NERD maybe, like Pharrell's band, yeah. and they had, it was called Seeing Sounds. And I like then I started researching it, and then like I started noticing some artists when they had to do interviews, they talk about it too. That you know, does like, Pharrell have it? I don't know if he does or not. Oh, okay, maybe yeah. But just like listening to certain artists talk about it and stuff, it just really intrigued me. So then I would just ask friends or you know, but it was never a thing where. I don't know, I just feel like I'm a really private person anyways, so anything that's sort of strange, even the way that I see like photography or just or the world, I may just like stop and take a picture and people like, What are you doing? It's like I don't want to explain it to them, you know? Yeah. Then they'll see it on my Instagram and like, Oh, that's what you're doing. I kinda wanted to talk a little bit about the TED talk. Yeah. Okay. A little bit and uh, and go into that. So you mentioned that the the topic is kind of your journey of choreography, right? Yeah. Well, there's two it's twofold. One is I guess giving people a new way to view dance, because I feel like a lot of times people view it as like a spectator sort of sport. The coolest tricks you can see and like, you know, that kind of thing. And then, you know, showing the artistry behind it. And by doing that, I'm like, let me show you how I choreograph so you can see the process and like, you no, know, there's way more to it than just like someone like 
spinning and, and flipping over their head five million times. You know, that's all yeah. I want to see. Yeah, that's I mean, it. Just, <laughs> I, I just want to see people do flips. <laughs> like, just give me <laughs> ten people doing flips for an hour. Well, there's yeah. so much more emotion behind dancing. A lot of most dance pieces or dancers usually have a, a meaning behind why yeah. why they do things or kind of really specific emotions behind. Exactly, and so that's that's what my my talk is about. And then the the process stuff is like sort of how I anchor the talk in reality, and then telling my story because it's TED Talks are somewhat about sharing an idea and then like telling your personal story and how that sort of I guess goes along with it that's really cool and that's out now and is it released in for yours is it just released in one episode it should be I mean it's a, it's, it was a TEDx so it wasn't like the yeah. big TED but you know yeah. pretty a pretty like robust <laughs> a TED talk I mean I had there was a NASA person there was an Olympian yeah do you know what Olympian like which uh what they did uh, but she was a bobsledder. She won silver. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. That's really impressive. Yeah. <laughs> How did you get selected to do a TED, to do this TED talk? So I work for this organization called Design Matters, which is the social innovation department of Art Center College of Design. And because of my work there, and then seeing my outside work, so like that coupled with like my choreography and filmmaking background, I think they just thought it was an interesting person. So they asked me to. Oh, you are an it. interesting person. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Clear, clearly, we got you know we we were kind of in the same same boat of being like, hey, I think we should interview this guy. <laughs> Within the TED Talk, you said that you to kind of show people how you dance and what's kind of what's anesthesia. You painted something or you painted out. Well, I made a piece of music. Then I made a piece of art to sort of visualize or illustrate the music. It wasn't painted. It was, I guess, a digital paint, a I digital. guess. digital, okay. I guess it was, it was made in Photoshop. Mm -hmm. So like Microsoft Paint is what we're talking about. <laughs> oh my God, no. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so yeah, I did that. Then I choreographed a piece to to illustrate the painting more so, or the or the the piece of art more so than the music, which is still the both. It's both, but I'm trying to show them what I see in my head more so than it was almost like a clear way of doing something as opposed to you know the way I would normally do it, which would mean like I wouldn't. It would just happen naturally, I guess, you know. So to make it as clear as possible, I did these steps so that I could show the steps. Then I shot. Then I shot the piece and I, I played it at the at the TED talk. So it was like a minute or thirty second dance piece. What was that process like to create that way? It was really stressful. My, I, I didn't finish my talk until almost the last three weeks before I was supposed to do it. So, but it was actually really, it was a learning process, and and it was really fun because I don't really, I just do things. I don't really think about why or how I do them, and I definitely don't share those things with other people. You know, I mean, I share knowledge, like I teach dance and. And I, I talk about dance with dancers, but not necessarily with common folk. And no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, so the act of doing that, and so I'm teaching myself, right? And then, then I'm going on stage and teaching the, the audience, which is really, it was new for me. Like this, even this whole thing I'm doing now is new for me. Being open about it and talking yeah. about it. And... Yeah, because normally I'd be like, "Don't ask me no question. <laughs> Don't ask me no <laughs> Don't questions." Don't ask me. <laughs> I'm just gonna dance. Yeah. I'm just gonna dance. Yeah. I really appreciate yeah. you letting us ask these these questions. Yeah. It's 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 cool. It's it's good to be open. Is is there anything with synesthesia that people haven't understand that you've tried to explain before, or people who are closed off to it? Maybe, I feel like not as many would be. I think that's such an interesting topic. Well, I mean, if someone told me this, I don't know, when I was seventeen, I'd probably be like, whatever. It's you're just you're you're weird. Even even if I'm, I'm even if I had it or if I have it, you know, it's like it's not, it's not something that makes sense to someone that lives because I, I grew up in texas and oklahoma so oh, it's not okay. something that makes sense to someone you know like that yeah. mm -hmm. you know what i mean yeah it's just not so i i think more so being an having an open mind about the way that other people see the world when did you feel like you started to become more open about it or kind of exploring it more for yourself basically i think once once i went to design school is when i started to like understand that like the things that I saw the way that I see the world is not as uncommon now I'm not just hanging out with dancers but when I went to art center then I was able to like have friends that were illustrators and and fine artists and crazy conversations about the stars and, 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 <laughs> and the colors and and then I started to realize that that's what you know it's, it's not that uncommon to see the world differently yeah have you ever met anyone else who has synesthesia I don't I'm probably sure I have I'm pretty sure a lot of people that I've that I went to school like a lot of artists do mm -hmm. you know I'm pretty sure one of my buddies has it. I should ask him. Because, like, I, I mean, no one really knows about my talk, about this aspect of it. I guess people know now, but, you yeah. know, 
Did you explain that part? Like, was synesthesia part of the TED Talk, or was it just showing the process of how It was showing the process. Showing the process. Yeah, yeah. So it's not something I go and... Well, I guess I do. I explain it how it... Because it's it's about my relationship relationship to music. So I explain that, and then, like, basically, like, I've learned all these different songs. When When you have to, like, dance and do choreography and do dance classes and, like, do a million performances, you, like, you learn so many songs from top to bottom, and then, like, the way that I relate to them is this this particular way that I see them this way. Do you have any performances coming up, whether you're you're performing yourself or any choreography that you're doing coming up? I just said, well, I'm choreographing a commercial right now. Can't yeah, I can't say yeah. it's for. Okay, so we're gonna just say it's for Colgate. Oh, it's gosh. dancing toothbrushes. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Okay. He's nodding his head. It's correct, everyone. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> well, I have that. I may do a show at the dance studio I teach at. We have short shows during Christmas and like so. That's not. It's a cool thing. But I have a lot of projects. But mostly it's film. It's like editing and and, and filmmaking stuff. And so, are you think you're gonna be leaning more towards dance or film coming forward? I don't know. I'm trying to do more stuff that's everything, you know? I want to do more, like, immersive experiences and, and because, like, I'm sort of disillusioned with the film, disillusioned with the film industry in a way because yeah. it's sort of yeah. going in this, these weird places. And I talk to my friends who are always on set. They're like, yeah, I just did, spent 10 hours with an influencer and we just like, did, like, these. Gosh. <laughs> Have you Fun. thought about at you know, all um, virtual reality or augmented reality or anything like that with dance and the things you could do with that yeah like i actually uh one of the speakers from ted her name's nancy she has an app what's it called the fourth wall i think it's called she does augmented reality and we're going to possibly do a project together That's awesome mm-hmm. i find virtual reality and augmented reality fascinating and i love dance and i love going to dance shows too i think that that's a really great path for virtual reality too. yeah I'm and especially be... with synesthesia yeah. i feel like I'm you could really incorporate in. a lot of that yeah. stuff to it because you could almost you could add not just the dancers bodies and lights like you can on a stage but you could add the things that you actually see a little bit over that you know and oh, that would be actually really cool yeah maybe that's yeah <laughs> i just think film is it's, it's a little bit limiting in certain ways you know and that people want to experience things in different you know people don't want to i guess they still want to go to the movie theater but they kind of want to go to like i don't know coachella or wherever like whatever like immersive experience that you can go to and like be a part of it and so, you know, I think it would be interesting to, to create something in that way, like a like a site-specific dance, light projection, like AR sort of thing. Well, especially now, I feel like because of social media and all of those things, we feel we're the most connected we've ever been, but also I think we're the most alone I think we've ever been, which is why you see a renaissance in like tabletop games and board games and card games and stuff. And I think that's another reason why I think like augmented reality is going to take off is because it still requires you to be in the space you're a part of it whereas like watching films is very much you're just in a theater it's a black theater you can't see anything else other than the movie even the people you're sitting next to you don't really interact with whereas augmented reality it's it's an experience that you get as you would at a theater or at a movie or things like that but then on top of it you actually have to be out in reality and experiencing it as well so you're connected while still getting the entertainment and i think that's another reason why AR is just a, a cool thing. I'm a nerd, so clearly. Yeah. Well, I'm really curious to see how kind of like the way that you process things and create would do with AR. I think that that would be. It's just cool now because I can be more open about it and like I can be part of the way how I explain things where it's usually just, oh, why did you do it that way? Well, I just thought it was cool. Or, you know, it's like I didn't, I don't know. I didn't know how to explain certain things or even want to in the, in this necessarily. But I think the process behind the art sometimes is, is more is more important than the art itself in yeah. a way. Yeah, I, I I definitely think that's like fifty percent of it. I think is not only the the art but seeing how that got created because I think that's that's a beautiful thing to see as well. The process affects some so much. I mean, people watch like whether it's their favorite film, favorite video game, or favorite TV show. The directors and the people who are creating it don't just create it and just watch it go they they have a rhyme to their reason and they they really have a process of how they go about it that makes it the certain way that it that it flows so understanding the process and really learning the process can really help you learn your own process or kind of really take back and see how like a method and a beautiful piece of art has been created it is it's an art within itself it's it's another story of kind of how things go 
Yeah, that was that was nice. It <laughs> <laughs> sounded like a monologue in a way. Oh, okay. <laughs> that that'll be our closing statement. That's the closing statement. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you guys are really the first, besides my girlfriend, the first people I've ever talked about it with, like, openly. Yeah. Big time. Well, thank you so much. We I really, really appreciate that. That's really cool. Have you talk about it and explore it, and hopefully yeah. we've explore it for some other people as well who don't know or might have it so yeah absolutely thank you so much for for coming on yeah Yeah, it was a pleasure to be here especially i had no idea that this is like the first time that you've really openly talked about it too outside of the the ted talk and and your girlfriend so that's that's really awesome to hear we feel very lucky at mentality today yeah (laughs) (laughs) we can catch your ted talk now do you know what youtube ted channel that would be on tedx channel tedx channel do you know what the title of it would be no, because they said they changed it. And where can we find you? <laughs> Me? Okay. Uh, my social media is SJB3000, and that's on Twitter and Instagram. And then my website is stephenjbutler.net. Oh, right, perfect. Yeah. And I'm sure you'll probably be posting about that on your social media, too. And you can catch me on Instagram and Twitter at EPSEC, E-P-S-E-C-H. And I only flock on Instagram once in a while at Camouflage, C-A-M-A-R-A-F-L-A-G-E. So you can find me and whatever crazy thing apparently I'm doing there. <laughs> also, I'm on Facebook. I forgot that one to all of the social medias. And you can also catch Mentality at mentalitytalk at gmail.com. Please send in your questions. Yeah. We'd love if to make this a discussion. If you have any experiences about synesthesia, please email us and we can learn more together and maybe talk about it even further. Absolutely. And you can find Mentality also on all of the social medias on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook at Mentality Talk. And you can get the, the tea that we had today, uh, Chap Hop and many others that we've had at tspectral.com. If you want to get 10% off, which I know you do, you can enter in that promo code mental. Mental. <laughs> mental and you can get 10% off. That that about that wraps it up on, on synesthesia. So thank you again yes, thank so you, much Steven. for sitting down with us. I really appreciate it. Thank you. I really appreciate it. This is the best podcast I've ever done in my life. Oh. Was this the only podcast <laughs> you've ever done in your life? Kind of.